Hey, Merry Christmas. We are into December now. And I think the best thing to do is to meditate on God's word. You're listening to this either because you've just gotten into the habit or because you're looking for a podcast to help you get some sleep. You can't fall asleep. And I hope that this podcast will help you find rest even better than just sleep, rest for your soul uh, by meditating on God's word. And it might help you fall asleep too. That would be great. Um, but either way, when you meditate on God's word and he speaks to you through it, and he transforms you by the renewal of your mind, and he draws you into closeness with him through faith in Jesus, there is the best rest uh, that you can carry with you all through every day. In fact, all into eternity with him. And so let's just get right into it. Romans chapter 1, beginning at verse 24. That's where we left off the last time we were in Romans. Let's pray and read this. Uh, before we do, just hello to listeners in Davao, Philippines, if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, with my American accent, it'd be like Davio, but it's probably more like Davao. Thank you for listening. I have a lot of listeners in the Philippines. And I know that our the denomination I'm a part of has a lot of um, connections with Christians in the Philippines. So I don't know if that's how you all found me or if it's just through uh, searching for a podcast like this. Not sure, but glad you're listening. Glad you're listening wherever you are. Hope you're comfortable. Hope you're settled in. Hope you're uh, safe and in a, in a place where you can focus on God's word. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for bringing this listener you guided them through their podcasts on their phone to this specific episode to this passage we're going to meditate on and i trust that you will do great things in them through your word your powerful word uh, help me to serve them well now in jesus name amen all right romans chapter one Written under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul, writing to the Christians in Rome. He has been, he's introduced the letter. He has held up the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, high that God saves sinners through faith in him. And now we're in the midst of kind of an extended discourse on just how bad it gets when we reject God, when we suppress the truth about God in our unrighteousness, how distorted humanity can get, how much trouble we get ourselves into. He's been talking about what it, what it's like for the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people who have not known God and his ways, who've rejected him. And that's where we find ourselves. And we'll just pick up the thought in verse 24. It says, Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. So right before that, because it starts with the word therefore, we need to try to remember the paragraph that came just before it. So I'm going to give you a chance to see if you can remember. Maybe you listened to the episodes where we went through it, or maybe you just are familiar with it. What did he just say before we got into this paragraph? It says, therefore. Mm -hmm. 
Well, he had just written a whole paragraph about how God's wrath is revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth. And the truth is referring to the truth about God, that unrighteous people, which is everyone, we're all born into this situation. We have this instinctive innate knowledge of God that we suppress and we push it down in order to go our own way instead. And in doing so, we sort of become insane in a way. We, we become futile in our thinking. Our foolish hearts are darkened. And we think we're wise, but we become increasingly foolish. The longer we go rejecting God and His truth as revealed in His Word, the more foolish we become, even as we think we're becoming more wise. We should be living a life in which we worship God above all else, and have respect for him and regard for him above all else. But instead we exchange, we swap, and we worship other things, lesser things, things in creation instead of the creator himself. That's the line of thought leading up to verse 24 where it says, Therefore, so because of all that, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity. So because of mankind's Suppression of the truth about God, insistence upon idolatry, worshiping anything else other than the one true God. God's wrath is revealed in that he, he gave people up to it. He said, if that's what you want so bad, go for it. Do as you please. If that, that's the way you're going to be, then I'll allow you to live that way. He gave them up. He gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity. Now, just think on those words a little bit. What does it mean to be given up in the lust of your heart to impurity? What did it mean for the Gentiles Paul was thinking about? Mainly the Roman non-Christians who uh, lived all their pagan ways, but it's uh, a universal condition. What are the lusts of the heart? What is impurity? I think you can define lust biblically as either the strong desire for something you shouldn't have or the strong desire for more of something good than you should have. So under God's wrath, people have been given up in the lusts of their hearts, deep down core of them. That's what heart stands for. To impurity. What is impurity? Well, the meaning's in the word itself. It's the opposite of purity. The Bible values, God values purity. But in our sinful lusts, we crave impurity. And God's wrath is not a lightning bolt from heaven. It is giving us what we want. It is saying, okay, here it is. This is what you've wanted.
as we read on, we get a little bit more insight into what he's talking about. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. So this state of God's wrath among people who have rejected him and suppressed the truth about him looks like, it kind of looks like a sort of freedom. God no longer restraining a people from going wholeheartedly after their lusts. And in that unrestrained pursuit of their lusts, they descend into an impurity, the opposite of purity, moral cleanness into more of a moral filth. Part of that process includes the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. God's word is about our spirits. It's spiritual, but it's also very physical. We, it's an embodied faith. Our bodies are important to God. And so in this state of experiencing his wrath and just being given full freedom to go after the lusts of our hearts into impurity, when we are living that way, we dishonor our bodies among ourselves. We dishonor each other's bodies. We, in this joint participation, we dishonor our physical selves. Now, before he gets more explicit about exactly what he's referring to in verse 25, it goes back underneath to why, why God would allow this among a people. It says, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So the reason that God would allow a people to live in this kind of uh, moral filth, physical shame and dishonoring of themselves and each other physically is because this is the natural result of having exchanged the truth about God for a lie. It's the natural result of instead of worshiping the one true God, worshiping the things that he's created. And before we get into the next paragraph, which I think I should probably save for a future episode rather than lumping it into this one, there's a lot to think about here, a lot to evaluate in ourselves. Are we among those who have been given up in the lust of our hearts to impurity? Well, I'll ask you. You're, it's just me and you here. Um I can tell you that I was among those who had been given up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to dishonoring uh, my body, and that God graciously and mercifully forgave me and cleaned me up and put me right with Him. And I can tell you that I was among those who exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped the creatures rather than the Creator, lived for lesser things than God. Uh, but through faith in Jesus, I found a complete transformation. And he has genuinely changed my heart. And I'm very, very grateful for that. So how, how about you? Where are you in this? Is your life 
characterized by just a freedom to indulge your lusts, the lust of your hearts, uh, going after things that somewhere deep down you know are not right, but feel good or seem good physically. Have you been dishonoring your body through sin and the bodies of others through joint participation in sin? Have you been living this way because you, too, exchanged the truth about God for a lie? Have you been worshiping and serving created things rather than the Creator? If so, I just urge you to turn from that as fast and as furiously as you can. Turn away from it and find in Jesus complete and utter pardon and forgiveness and cleansing. Jesus, he's so awesome. When you go to Jesus in faith and obedience, he gives you power over the lusts of your hearts. He actually changes your heart. He gives you a new heart that has good and new and right desires. He takes your impurity and he transforms you into someone who is pure. It's not that you're an impure person working your whole life to try to become more pure. It's that you're instantaneously transformed. And in Jesus, God views you as perfectly pure, regardless of how impure your actions have been. And then physically, your body now becomes a vessel for honor. We begin using our, our physical selves to honor God and other people rather than dishonoring God, dishonoring other people. We begin to live for the truth rather than a lie. We get a new capacity to worship and serve the Creator rather than created things. It is awesome, and I just urge you, I urge you to go to Jesus. Now, if you're listening to this and you have done that and you are a Christian, but you do still struggle with temptations that uh, you, you struggle with the temptation to go back and live as if you were still given over in the lust of your hearts, I just encourage you not to give up fighting against that sin. Remember who you are now. I encourage you to live in light of who you are in Jesus. You are pure. You are honorable. You know the one true God. And deep down now, your core desire is to worship and serve Him. I'm going to let you think on this a little bit and pray through this. I'm going to pray for you. Uh, but if if I can in any way help point you how to move forward from where you're at in regard to these things, email me, truesleepfeedback at gmail.com. Uh, my advice will most likely immediately be to point you toward a healthy church near you so you can have a, a pastor that physically you can go and meet with and pray with that can guide you. But man, I can tell you, God loves you very much doesn't matter how deep you've gone into impurity and dishonor and idolatry. He loves you. 
he holds out for you just this open door and he wants you to come to him humbly confessing your sin, repenting of your sin through faith in Jesus. Father, would you please bring that about for this listener, if that's what's needed? Uh, If this is a, a Christian who's already been purified through Christ, let them rest in the peaceful knowledge that they have been made right with you. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for your forgiveness and your cleansing. And uh, we're just very grateful in Jesus' name. Amen.